Who should be shown mercy? Walk into a courtroom on any given day and you will see the dilemma that our judicial system faces regularly. Who should be accorded mercy? Hello and welcome to Pick Up Your Bible with Cynthia Pavamani. Today, Cynthia continues her series on the Beatitudes and dives deep into Jesus' saying on the merciful. Let's listen in. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Matthew 5, verse 7. So far, the Beatitudes we have covered have been the blessings given to the citizens of the kingdom of heaven on account of their attitude toward God. The poor in spirit is blessed with ownership in the kingdom of God. The one who mourns is blessed with comfort from God. The meek are blessed with an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven, and the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness is promised satisfaction in Christ. If these first four Beatitudes can be described as privileges, then the next four are the responsibilities of these citizens. The first four address our attitude toward God, The second four Beatitudes describe our attitude toward others, the horizontal relationships, like we've referred to them before. Jesus tells his disciples that in the kingdom of God, the heart matters. It is not the outer person being changed. It's the inner spirit that's undergoing transformation. Being transformed by the Holy Spirit, the citizens of the kingdom of God now exhibit his divine nature. Being merciful is foremost. The believer who has been filled to satisfaction is now outpouring this abundance of love and mercy to those around him. This is the true and only response. Once you are filled, it overflows for the benefit of those around us. Even if we desired We couldn't contain what he fills us with. This is the beautiful nature of God's love. When we love God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind, the natural sequence to this is loving our neighbors with such love, mercy, and grace. May the Spirit enable us to do so with obedience and passion. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with Cynthia. Thank you again for being here and thank you for another reading. You're welcome and thank you, De Cruz, for being here and doing this week after week. (laughs) (laughs) It's always great. It's always a pleasure. It's a team Um, effort. (laughs) It it is a team effort and I always love, because I'm not on uh, a lot of social media, so it's always good for me to hear when you tell me about some of the feedback that you've gotten for these episodes and just people making some decisions in their life too. And so it's really great to hear. I'm glad that it is making an impact to the few that, that do listen to the podcast. Yes. So so we're continuing our series on the Beatitudes. And this week we are looking at another group of people. Well, it's not actually accurate to say another group because we're, as you said, Cynthia, a couple of weeks ago, that this is the same group, the same people that are being described in different ways. So I am learning something. <laughs> As I say, yes, that. you are listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
this was blessed are the merciful. And from listening to you, obviously the first question is this, right? Now that we know Christ, part of it is that this is how we live out this relationship. So what does it look like and what does it mean to be merciful for the Christian? As a believer, the mercy we extend to others should look no different than the mercy we receive from our Father in heaven. Mm. And we might tend to push back saying, well, you know, I'm not God. How am I expected to be like God, love yeah. like God, forgive like God, show mercy as God? But that's the beauty of the Beatitudes, that this is not the very first one, Right. The first four were all about God pouring into us yeah. and this relationship between God and us. We ended last week with being filled until we are satisfied. Yeah, And it's at this point that God is asking us to extend out of that fullness, right? Extend mercy to others. I remember not understanding the difference between showing God's mercy and showing my mercy, thinking, yeah, it's easy to say, but when it comes down to it, it's just not there. I don't have the yeah. mercy of God to give. Hmm. I can't love like Christ. I can't forgive like Christ. And it's like having a bank card and you make all these purchases and small ones go through and then you start running out, right? It hmm. happens often enough. You swipe that card long enough and you just run out of forgiveness you run out of mercy right and you just you get to a point where you don't have enough you mm. reach a limit but our father has given us this new card and it's mm -hmm. it has a limitless it's a limitless account right <laughs> that we can swipe we can use and i think we have to as a Christian, understand that though we have this old card with us, that's not the one we use. Though right. we still have this broken body and these limited, a limited uh, amount of love and limited amount of forgiveness and mercy and grace to extend, mm. that's not what we're using. We're supposed to give out of the fullness we've received from God. And we almost have to train ourselves to pull this card out instead of going on swiping the expired mm, card, right? Wow. So living in the spirit it. means putting aside this old dead self and surrendering to him so that you can be this vessel that he can pour out through. But it's beautiful. He fills us first. That's why it's so important to see the flow of the Beatitudes, right? Mm. That That it's a process that we're going through. And, and it's only once he fills us that we have what we need to give to others. Mm. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's it's powerful. I think we forget about the abundance of mercy that God has shown us. And mm -hmm. not knowing that abundance exists means that we don't go to that well to draw. Instead, we go to our own, which is, as you said, so limited and will end so easily. So thank you. That's great. You say that for these next sayings of, for Jesus and the Beatitudes, and I think you've covered this a little bit, but I'll ask this question. It's, you say that it's about our relationship with others, right? What Christ has poured into us, um, now we extend to others. And I guess the question is, is this restricted to fellow Christians? I mean, I, I can guess the, the answer is no, it's not restricted. But how do, we, how do you define who our neighbor is? Who is my neighbor 
when I'm being merciful as, as Jesus asked me to love my neighbor? Anyone and everyone <laughs> is your neighbor. Jesus was asked this question, who is my neighbor, once he was teaching. You can read this in uh, Luke chapter 10. Jesus mm. uh, finished teaching and a lawyer stands up and says, teacher, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And he had this kind of undertone of, I've done everything the laws told me to do. You know what? I'm righteous. What else should I do? And Jesus answers, love the Lord your God with mm. all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And the lawyer goes on to ask, well, who's my neighbor? It seems like the lawyer, like us, had identified certain people who he thought didn't qualify to be called a neighbor. Hmm. And so he wanted he wanted clarity on this, just like we are asking, who's the neighbor? Right. And then Jesus says the story of the Good Samaritan. Many of you may be familiar with this story, but in case you're not, you know, quickly do a rundown. There is a man who's traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem and on the highway is attacked by robbers, beaten, and he's left to die. And he's lying on the side of the road and a priest walks by. And the priest sees him and decides to walk on the other side of the uh, street. Many people study the Bible and say it's because he didn't want to make himself impure by touching something, hmm. that someone who was possibly dead or bleeding or wasn't sure what was going on. So avoided the situation and walked on the other side. After the priest left, a Levite walks by and does the same, walks on the other side of the road, avoids the person. And then a Samaritan comes by mm. and is moved with compassion, seeing this person who's left to die, goes to his side, pours wine on his wounds, treats him with oil, bandages him up, and cares for him, and then takes him to an inn for the night, and then continues to care for him there, and then the next day leaves some money with the innkeeper and tells him to let the man rest and recover there, and that he would settle accounts if there was anything due. And then Jesus ends this story with a question back to the lawyer. Who proved himself? Which of the three proved himself to be a neighbor to the man who was left to die? And that just blows my mind. You see, it's not about the man who was left to die qualifying to be their neighbor who they must love. It's one of the three who should have proved to be a neighbor. Mm, wow. So the onus is on us. Other people do not need to qualify for our love. We have to prove ourselves to be neighbors to the one on the street, to our, the person next door, the person we are working with, the people we study with, the impossible friend, whoever it is. We, that's what Jesus is calling out then with that question. And he says, and the lawyer responds, well, I guess it's the man who helped him, the Samaritan. And he says, you go and do the same. Mm. So loving your neighbor, you are the one as a believer who needs to prove that you are a neighbor to the people who need God's love around you. Isn't that amazing? I yeah, actually, I'm... I've never thought of it that way. And I was studying this and I came across that and I was just, I never read it that way before. Yeah. God, I have to prove that I'm the neighbor 
So this is my responsibility. So now we're on a mission that everyone's our neighbor, right? That's the word of God for you. It transforms your thinking. It transforms your life. It shows you the heart of God, how God thinks. And it's so different from how we think as humans. And so that's it. You're the neighbor and you're the neighbor to everyone and anyone you come across or you interact. That's that's so incredible that I... That's the first time I've ever heard that being phrased that way. And, and and it's funny, it's right there in the plain reading. And we just sort of, sometimes when we approach it with our preconceived notions, we just kind of think of it the other way. And it's fascinating. So thank you for enlightening us with that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, go read it. Luke 10, listener. <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely. So if this is really the outcome of having Christ abide in us, I got to ask the obvious question. Anybody that's listening, people that are not Christian, I think Gandhi said something like, Christians more, or I would like your Christians more if they were more like their Christ. Why is it that we see so many Christians who are not merciful? I mean, that's just kind of the reality, right? For a lot of people who are on the outside looking in. Yeah. I think there are a couple of possibilities. The first being everyone who professes with their mouth that they're a Christian, they're not confessing with their heart. All who profess are not do not confess. Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter seven, seven, everyone who says, Lord, will not enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one yeah. who does the will of my Father in heaven. So Jesus himself knew of those who call themselves believers who didn't really believe, mm. and I trust him. There are many, even today, that call themselves Christians, but do not live in obedience to the word of God. Yeah. So let's be careful not to find ourselves in that camp. The second possibility is where I find myself a lot, is that it's a process. Yeah, Believers who are still learning to dial themselves down to decrease themselves and to live in the fullness of the spirit by his power and for his glory we need constant reminders and prompts of what we of how to conform to the image of Christ and that his glory is more important than our feelings and it just it's a process sanctification yeah. is a process it's a lifelong process and we don't live under the burden of it but are always being transformed by the Spirit to be and act more like Christ. And to re- refer to the example I was sharing earlier, it just takes it takes some walking with the Spirit and getting to know Him before you know how to not reach for your old bank card and to get into the practice of, I choose the Spirit, not myself. I choose the Spirit, not myself. It's just a journey. But, you know, He never gives up on those whose heart is turned toward Him. And the yeah. Spirit will help us glorify God even with our broken bodies, right? The Bible says in Romans 8 that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And mm-hmm. we can be free from guilt and submit ourselves into His able arms. Yeah, I think, and, and I believe you've said this already, but the, I think the biggest mistake for anyone listening uh, that they could make is listen to us talk and then say, I'm going to make a decision. I'm just going to be more merciful from now on. And Mm -hmm. that would be reaching for their own card. Like you mentioned, like their own bank card. And and like you said, 
the right thing to do is to lean into the spirit, to yield more of yourself to Christ. And I, and I believe that as you do that, it, it does get easier to be merciful and also just beating yourself up for not having achieved it. If you use yourself, yeah, it, that's exactly how it's going to work out. So I think that's, yeah, exactly like you said, just as you walk with the spirit, more and more of that is revealed to us. I have found that in my own life where I have tried to achieve, try to show love out of my own heart and not saying that it doesn't exist. It does, but it just doesn't last very long because <laughs> people are people <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're people too. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. only so much you can love out of your own. We're <laughs> limited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's important even as uh, if there are young believers listening or people who don't you know, believe that are listening, don't look at Christians to understand Christ. Mm. Um, look at the word of God. Look at him. Christians are just a bunch of sinners in the process of um, being purified and being made, being made more like their father in heaven. And so we need mercy from others yeah. just as much as we need mercy. We need to show mercy to them. So, yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that, that brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode. Cynthia, would you tell us what we have going on for next week? Yes. So I lied. Last <laughs> week, I shared that we would be talking about Blessed Are the Pure in Heart. This week, that's actually what we're sharing next week. <laughs> Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God next week, for sure. <laughs> I guess we could have just switched out the episodes and no one would have known, but we're being super honest with you. Yeah. listeners. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And then as always, remember that there's a new episode every Wednesday to stay up to date. You can always subscribe to this podcast, turn on your notifications so that you always know when the next episode comes out. And in the meantime, if you'd like to ask Cynthia a question or offer suggestions on a future episode topic, please email her at Cynthia at pickupyourbible.com. And listeners, may you experience the knowledge, wisdom, and love of God as you join us and pick up your Bible. Until next time, God bless you.